In the name of Jesus, Amen. We don't like people who make assertions. We are suspicious of bold assertions. We reject anyone who asserts things that don't line up with what we already think. We view assertions as an opinion that someone is trying to force upon us. Doesn't matter if it's assertions in politics or science or medicine. We do this because our modern culture has rejected objective truth. Living within that culture, our own way of thinking, ruined by sin, then does the same thing with assertions made by preachers, or the Bible, or even Jesus. Jesus makes some bold assertions today, and we can't treat Jesus like we treat preachers. When a preacher asserts something from the Bible or Jesus' own words, might even be a direct Bible quote, if we don't like it or it doesn't line up with what we already think or like, old Adam asserts, that's just your interpretation. The devil's lie comes out of many mouths. Did God really say? As hyper-consumerist Americans, we judge everything by our likes, our preferences, what makes us feel good. We complain about a society that's tossed objective truth in the trash heap, but we often do the exact same thing with God's word. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, Jesus says, but it's just something we say but don't actually live out. Blessed are those who feel something about the idea of God's word is a bit more accurate for us. This shows we are rickety houses. Jesus' assertions today drive us to that truth. Satan and his demons are slumlords living and ruling in our rickety, run-down frame. They want to take you from bad to worse. And of ourselves, in our flesh and blood, in heart, soul, and mind, that's what we are. And so our feelings and thinking about ourselves and our relationship with God are all ruined. Same with what we know or what we think we know about ourselves and God. In fact, we're so bad off, we don't know how bad off we really are. We think that we are, in ourselves, a mansion, or maybe a, a fixer-upper flipper, when really we are just like that house that's just across the Nebraska border up there. In our thoughts and feelings, we're just adrift in our wants and desires, stuffing our lives, our homes, gardens, and driveways, our hard drives, smartphones, and browsing histories, our schedules, days, and weeks with whatever gives us just a moment's pleasure. 
And yet, we're so self-absorbed, we don't think we're that bad. Who would admit and actually behave like they're a poor, dilapidated sinner? Who even admits they're wrong on small things? Our bones are wasting away. Our hearts are unfeeling like fat. Our strength is dried up. Our hearts and minds and lives are packed full of demonic false gods that we use to project the lie. I'm happy. I'm okay. I really am okay. Truth is, we're run down, burned out, stressed, unhappy, joyless, lifeless. If you weren't, would you treat family, friend, stranger like you do? We rot our bodies and hearts, our lives and our relationships. And we cope by consuming, eating, drinking, buying, binging, watching, listening, playing, scrolling, vacationing, volunteering, working. Demonic black holes. Reading the Bible, hearing a sermon, singing a psalm or canticle or hymn, doing family devotions or communing, they don't even enter our minds. Who'd do that? But because in our own appraisal, we think we're mostly good people, the grass is greener on our side of the fence than, the, than our neighbors, so we think we're okay. This is just how the devil and demons want your life to be. They're slumlords who'd run you into the ground even more. The only thing beautiful to Satan is a house, a you, like I've described, where the only thing left to do with you is to burn it forever in hell. And your flesh is really that bad. And you can't do anything to upgrade, remodel, or refurbish it. But don't despair. There's hope. Not a wish, but a holy and certain hope that does not disappoint. For you have a Jesus who's stronger than the devil. When Jesus says the one who is stronger, he's talking about himself. Born of Mary, he breaks behind enemy lines into the devil's kingdom. Jesus, God's Son, comes into your ruin and darkness. He drives out demons with a word. By his death, he defeated the devil. And his blood pays off the mortgage and every other HELOC you take out when you try to fix yourself. His heavenly Father deeded you over. You're no longer within the borders of the domain of darkness, but in the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You were the spoiled, stronger man Jesus wanted. Yes, the rickety, rundown house that you are. And we couldn't and wouldn't offer him anything to do it. He just does it. He says that you're a prize worth plundering, worth his very blood and life. Why? Only his unfathomable, unreasonable 
unconditional mercy. He washes you out at baptism, puts you in order by the Holy Spirit. He begins refashioning you, squaring off your walls anew, not with straight two-by-fours. Each stud, each rafter, fashioned after the form of his cross. You are polished, not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, the curtains of his righteousness all around. His word bejewels you with gold, even much fine gold, and your cupboards are full enough to weather any storm, full of the manna of his body and blood, full of the sweet honey of his word. And it's because of his word and his sacraments that Christ says today, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Not just God's word, Bible, but God's word at the font, in Bible class, from the pulpit, at the altar. Blessed are those who keep the word wherever it may be found. The devil and his demons would rather wreck it all, wreck you. They keep at it, whether it's one or seven of them, in every area of your life, every day of your life. The demons are at work everywhere. Padding your bank accounts, filling your credit card statements, filling your minds and hearts through TVs and phones, even the AI algorithms that know you better than yourself. The devil's trying to tear down the house, and he'd turn us into a hoarder's paradise, full of all sorts of things that you just can't live without, you just can't not do. Except, of course, Jesus and his word. Do without those things, the devil says. And so this is why Jesus warns us. Whoever's not with me is against me, and whoever doesn't gather with me scatters. What an assertion by Jesus. You're either on his side or you're his enemy. You're gathered with him or you're scattered. It's crystal clear. Jesus doesn't leave this up to your or my opinion or interpretation. So, look at your house. Look at your life. Look at you. Are you with him or against him? Are you gathered around him or scattered? What about your family, your friends? We always think, yes, that we are with Jesus on his side. But why? What's your metric outside of your own feelings or opinions? Actually listening to God's word in such a way that it actually changes your own personal religious opinions and your behavior besides Cracking open a Bible to check that out, that's a pretty good metric. Those who are with Jesus, who gather with him, are blessed and are blessed. That is, 
happy in spite of their circumstances. What, what Jesus warns us about, asserts here in Luke, he asserts and promises in John. If you remain in my word, you're really my disciples. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. By holy baptism through faith alone, rickety houses become temples of the Holy Spirit, the Son, the Father besides, for you were bought with a price. The demons are just squatters. Jesus evicts them at baptism. But woe if they take up residence again. The last state of that person is worse than the first. But Jesus makes your rickety, run-down house delightful and livable. He fills you all the more with his very own life. Promising in John again, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has my life in himself. And with his word in your ears, your heart, your mind, with his body and blood sprinkling your heart clean, you can't and won't ever have the devil or demons within you. You'll have Jesus and the Spirit and the Father until you are fully restored, renewed, resurrected to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of Jesus.